Why you gotta break my heart like that? Why you gotta break my heart? Don't go breaking my heart. I won't go breaking your heart. Um, I think y'all gotta know what's going down right now because we're talking about the gathering madness. We got plans for the gathering madness. It's happening. It's coming at you October 13, 14, 15. It's going to be amazing. And everybody in the world is going to want to be at the Gathering Madness. And I think to celebrate getting closer to the Gathering Madness, uh, I'm going to have a fireball. But I'm not just going to have any fireball. I'm going to have a fireball in a Two River Sniper shot glass. And you know what that makes this drink? Do you know what makes that drink? Oh, you know what I should do while I'm pointing things Make at the camera? Makes it Rand's mistake. I should probably get the camera started up so our patrons can see us. <laughs> it does make it a flaming arrow. You get 10 points for Gryffindor. Or something. Flaming Ooh. arrow. There we go. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. okay, we got we got fireball, and we got two rivers sniper shot glass, <laughs> and I'm gonna do the flaming arrow. Village mattress wins. This celebration for the uh, next Gathering Madness, which is coming up soon. Oh, got to fill that bad boy up. Don't skimp. Do not skimp. If there's not enough flame on your flaming arrow, you're going to flame out during flight, and then it's just going to be like a regular arrow, and that's not fun. Who wants a regular arrow? Not me. Not me. So here's to all the towers that are black and are awesome and uh yeah that's it slanja gathering madness you know who else doesn't want and only wants a flaming arrow josh <laughs> what i said you know who else doesn't want a regular arrow and only wants a flaming arrow who uno Oh. Pretty sure he's not going to get another regular arrow or a flaming arrow, though. That's called gonorrhea. <laughs> oh, no, my flaming arrow. Oh, my flaming arrow. <laughs> okay, someone oh, arrow the episode. Well, I go get my Coke that I freaking forgot because I was looking to like, start mm. up my cocktail. <laughs> Easy there, Pablo Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm ready to go! Got an antique jar of Coke sitting on my desk. Oh man! All right, so oh, you said go ahead and start. Kick this off. Oh yeah, let's just let's see. Ooh.
Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Black Tower Podcast, a Wheel of Time podcast, where we talk about the books and the TV show and the tabletop game and the video game and the CD and the vinyl and the interviews and everything else. I actually do have the vinyl, so... Right? Because we are the Mahales of the Black Tower. Uh, I am one of your illustrious Mahales, who you see every Tuesday, or maybe every Friday, depending on whether you're a patron or not. Uh, and that is your Amon Mahale, Daniel. That was not as impressive as you think it was. But it's always interesting to watch. Just it is. Watch. Watching Josh go like full cat mode on the cap of his right. sailor, uh, sailor Jerry's. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm another one because it's glass. I'm another one of your Mahales. I'm that weird Mahale that was here whenever the school was founded and nobody knows what I actually do, but I've just been here all the time, so they're just don't, they won't get rid of me. They're too afraid to find out what I do and if it's necessary or not. I'm Andrew. The Bajan Mahale. Alright, calm down, Lord Ruler. Hey, you never know. Am I helping? Am I hurting? You never know. And my you can't name risk finding out. Or K I am the Sorobon Mahail, and I am so damn excited to be here tonight. I'm excited. I am. This, you know Good. what? This is my favorite evening. I love it. It makes me happy. I, I I like to get here. I like to talk about the wheel of time. I like to have some drinks. I like to just get a little unhinged. Cherry moonshine. That was cherry moonshine. Yes. If you guys want the use it to wash down the uh, little blue tirangriol he swallowed. (laughs) It's the miracle tirangriol for the middle-aged man. (laughs) For the middle-aged, it was for blood pressure, but no, yes, for boner. Uh, awesome. Speaking well, of welcome, boner, everyone. today we're talking about ED and the effects it has on the Dragon Reborn. Clearly, when you have lane dysfunction, but you also have three ED. ladies riding the dragon. Indeed. All right, guys. Well, you, you know us it. at this point, probably. Uh, and if you're listening to this multiple years uh, down the road and the TV show is already on season seven <laughs> and it's already crazy famous and you don't actually know, know who we are, we get together every week and talk about all things Wheel of Time, as I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, we are try to be a fun group of gentlemen who are not just a bunch of frat boys talking <laughs> about beer for 23 minutes. Um, sometimes we're successful. More often than not, we're successful. Uh, and sometimes we just end up talking about beer for 23 minutes. But today, we're not talking success. about beer. Today, we're talking about Wheel of Time. Uh, first things first, if you want to get to know us a little bit better, because you are here during season seven of the TV show or whatever, uh, the best place to go ahead and do that is to hop over to blacktowerpod.com. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on which only one of us should be allowed at the moment. But <laughs> you pick who. <laughs> Got him. Uh, but yeah, so definitely hop over to blacktowerpod.com. 
uh, it'll be your one-stop shop to learn basically everything that you want to know about the Black Tower podcast uh, as it stands right now. Uh, also, you'll have information there about the Gathering Madness this year. Again, if it's like season seven, we'll be on Gathering Madness like 10 or whatever. But as of right now, we are on the Gathering Madness 2023, which is the end of season four and going into ep- to into season five. Uh, we are very excited about that. To also be confused uh, with the ending of our fifth year going into our sixth year. Yeah, well... <laughs> because it took two years for us to decide to bit. change seasons. <laughs> maybe, also, maybe it's one year we'll on a half season. That's what we should it's do also one year interesting because like, season two is where we started actually getting a schedule, so you can't prove how many episodes were actually in season <laughs> That's true. We should do that, like... So, like the next like pretty cool milestone or whatever that we have, we should do that as like a season break, just to get the That's, shit together. That would be funny. Um, um, but yeah, so go over and check out BTP or BlackTowerPod.com. Uh, it's a great place to get resources. Uh, Morshadi, our fact checker, Mahel is awesome, uh, and he has run around our forums. Uh, we'd love for those to be active uh and and whatnot so if you're interested in doing some forum stuff on uh, a website about wheel of time we'd love to have you if not that's also fine we're good with that um also i mentioned tuesdays and i think it's uh it's it's an appropriate thing that we go into why tuesdays that's when we record that's when we have these episodes. And if you are one of our wonderful and helpful and awesome Patreons on Patreon.com, Black Tower Pod on Patreon, uh, you can go ahead and support us for as little as a dollar a month at the family member tier or for a little bit more and get some sweet, sweet rewards. Um, and that helps us put the podcast together. And it, one of those sweet, sweet rewards that you can get for as little as $1 a month is actually being able to listen to us record the episodes live. Now, I will warn you, uh, not a ton of the stuff that we say on Tuesdays doesn't make it into the episode on Friday. But hey, it has happened before. It will happen again. And you get access to the pre-recording as well, which happens like, three times a month which is awesome so you can hear a little bit of our process you can hear extra cool things that we don't announce on the the show you can hear lots of fun things that we do for like the 30 minutes before we actually start recording the episode it's a lot of fun you should be there we love the people who are and it's also good things for you as well so consider going ahead and joining our patreon if you are not already I know that I'm preaching to the choir right now because the only people who are listening to my voice at the moment are already patriots. For all of you that are listening to this out in the public wilds, um, submissions for our What Tales contest are open as I quickly navigate back because I forgot what I put the cutoff date for that. Uh, October, Monday, October 9th. Um, is the cutoff day. That is, uh, we're going to do it in uh, Central Time, since the Gathering Madness this year will be in the Central Time Zone, right? No, uh, Central Mountain Time. time. Mountain Not Central, Mountain Time. Yeah. They're both like two hours behind me. Mountain Time. Is there a difference? 
Yes, there is. Mountain time is one hour past central. So your Eastern time oh, okay. is your time. Central is one hour. Mountain <clears throat> is two hours. Pacific is three. They're not and Eastern, they're so they're irrelevant. That's why I Arizona, don't know. And they're just special. Yeah. Either way. Uh, so yeah. we'll do it by mountain time. Cutoff is uh, 12 p.m. Mountain time, Monday, October 9th. Get in your drink submissions there. The rules for it are in the form. And yes. if you can't find the form, if you're in our Discord, go to the Gathering Madness 2023 uh, channel, and it is pinned to the channel. Uh, we've also tweeted it out uh, on our Twitter, and uh, we'll probably pin that tweet over on Twitter. And if all else fails, <laughs> just shoot us a message and say, hey, uh, I want to submit a drink. How do I do it? Worst case scenario, email us. You can email us your submission and we'll put it in the form for you. Uh, we need a name for the drink, the name that you want to be credited by for making the drink, the ingredients for the drink, the directions for the drink, and the inspiration or backstory for the drink and or the drink's name. Um, full spoilers allowed, though we do heavily encourage you to... Uh, be creative with any spoilers in your drink recipes um, so that maybe they don't spoil everybody. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and get your submissions in for that. Uh, we've already got a couple in, and it's looking like it's going to be a time uh, to not remember. Has <laughs> anybody submitted Nynaeve's dishwater yet? Uh, not yet, but that's a solid uh, That's I a solid swear name. To God, I'm waiting for someone to, to attack us with that one. I was going to say, I mean, that one's like, what, two weeks old? Not even. <laughs> oh, God. Don't give people ideas. But you know what we can give people? Crippling condom. Yes. I mean, yeah, that one. Protection from the things. Protection right. from the dark one. Get your Quendiar common condom. I'm getting spoiled. Your Quendiar condom. This one is courtesy of our friendly neighborhood, Norm. Oh, Norm. I miss Maybe. Him. It is not playing as of yet. Yeah, I'm getting there now. Because it wants to be stupid. There it is. All right, courtesy of Norm. Hello, I'm Tam Sorrell Norm. You may remember me from the Dusty Wheel or the Black Tower podcast. I'm here to give you a public service announcement about spoilers, as this episode may contain some. As if you didn't already know that, like watching the film Titanic and being surprised that the boat sinks at the end of the movie. Hello, moron. The movie is called Titanic. Of course, the boat fracking sinks. This show is called the Black Tower Podcast, as in from the Wheel of Time. And these three guys are Ashaman. Well, at least two of them. I don't know about that Josh guy. Anyway, you have been warned. I, I just showed up and they never questioned it. They were like, who's this guy? And I was like, I belong here. And they were like, oh, okay. It, really was his, right it was now. his BDE that gave it away. He really just walks into a room like he owns it. And you're like, should we, should we test that guy? And everybody's just like, no, he's clearly been tested. Guys. I can't even channel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've known for a while. <laughs> but he's really good at making the wine. So, yeah, he oh. is. So, 
we have an appropriate and topic for tonight. Fireball. Yeah. We have an Even appropriate topic uh, for tonight. Uh, <laughs> is, for we are recording on the twelfth of September, which means we just recently got to finally watch episode four of season two of the Willow Time TV show. <gasps> Where we have already seen this character, but you finally get to learn the name of this character if you didn't already know. And that character is also the subject of today's episode. Close enough. Wait. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm fucking dumb. I was like, what? Huh? No, yeah, you don't know. Just took a second. I, I knew that that was going to be a bit of a stretch when I said it out loud, but I yeah. went with it anyway. It, it took me a second. It took me a second. But indeed, this episode, we are going to do a background breakdown into one of the most beloved characters from the entirety of the Wheel of Time. Definitely the most beloved character that does not walk on two legs, that instead walks on four. <laughs> the infamous, the illustrious, the ever never ending cool dopest shit in both the books and the TV show so far. The wolf known as Hopper. Mm-hmm. Hopper. Or close enough, as Elias would close say. Enough. Close as enough. As Elias. As a, Perrin was so proud of himself, too. Hopper. His name is Hopper. And then Elias is like, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also love that, Josh... As the impressions guy on this channel, typically, that was the best Marcus Rutherford I've seen in a very long time, or I've heard in a very long time. That was solid. It was not a hundred percent right, but it, it, it was right. it was solid. It was solid. If I well, saw that you. on SNL, I would know who you were doing, and that's what <laughs> sweet. <sighs> Is Perrin the best hunter amongst uh, amongst the world? Perrin's not even the Perrin's best hunter amongst the wolves. The Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that so oh. much. Okay, we first meet oh. Hopper. Hopper's a wolf. Let's in, go with the parents first. Yeah, Hopper's a wolf. Because it's a super long explanation of what he looks like. He looks like a wolf. Yeah. Look like he looks like a wolf. It's, he is large, his fur is grizzled, and is the color of a pale gray river stone. Uh, uh, river stone? Yeah. So not uh, only is he is also, in the books, scarred from a lifetime of battles and hunting. Yeah. Indeed. He's got some battle scars in the books. Not as much, it seems, uh, in yeah, the TV badass. show, which is absolutely fine. Because, you know, when you have all that fur, it could hide all those scars. Right. It's Though like I will meta, admit, like it's a metaphorical wall, but not. I don't remember him having like I, I I believe it. I'm not saying that I'm not looking at this entry, absolutely seeing it and hearing it and whatnot. But for some reason, I remember uh, Dapple actually being the one who they like specifically talked about being scarred. Maybe Dapple has scars as well, but um, when you get. The, the thing is, so when you first meet Hopper, you don't meet, quote-unquote, Hopper. Like, Perrin is like, oh, look at these wolves. They are great. And he says, a large yes. wolf jumps out in front of him. And mm-hmm. Dane, I don't think it's actually Dane. I think it's just one of the White Cloaks 
takes him out. Generic white cloak number seven. Generic white cloak number seven takes him out. And uh, Perrin's Oh, like, no, no, it takes three. No, it takes three white cloaks to right, put him right, down. Right. It's point, three. Point being. And you're right. It is generic white cloaks. It is not Dane. Dane makes the comment later to be an asshole. Yes. When he's like, I'll make a rug out of him or whatever. But it's not yeah. Dane that kills the, the wolf. Right. You're, right. you're correct. So so Hopper jumps in, saves Perrin, saves Young Bull, and says, basically, get the fuck out of here, you dumb dumb. Perrin, this is like the first connection that Perrin completely feels with the wolves. Because he feels Hopper die. Like he, yep. he knows. This is the real died. reason why Perrin has a conflict with Violet. Yes. Part of it, yeah. And it's so a huge part of it, yeah. He he feels Hopper die. He hates it. He hates what he did to the White Cloaks. He he's had which I've never been in this situation, but I know. Well, Hopper dying have. is what throws him into the blood rage. Mm-hmm. Your first, your first kill is always the most difficult to you never forget your first with. that is what they say in the tv shows it, it's i have i have spoken with pararescue guys combat pararescue guys and that's what they say too is so that first no, time I, you're out in the field sorry. it's the most difficult to, to I was going to say, I imagine that that doesn't come from nowhere. That Hollywood yes. didn't just pull that out of their assholes. Wow. But they do I'm own. also not 100% willing to say that they didn't do that because so, they pull a lot straight out of their assholes. So Most Hopper of the guys I talked to say the only thing they feel is recoil. So. Ayo! Well, Jesus. not their first time. Well, that's dark humor and how you cope with trauma. Ayo! That was, that was a really good one. I. I'm not what do you happy feel? about Recoil? that, but that was a good joke. <laughs> yeah, well, so, it was like so, uh, it was actually like an interview. Someone did an interview with uh, someone that was fighting in Afghanistan, I think, during the mm-hmm. war on terror. And it's like, you know, you know, what is it? What do you feel sniper. whenever you whenever you kill an insurgent? And he was just like, recoil, recoil. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, but the thing being here is that Perrin loses control. He goes into a blood rage. Mm-hmm kills two white cloaks before they take him out. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't like it for two reasons. He doesn't like it that, well, for three reasons. He doesn't like that he felt someone die, Hopper. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like that he lost control. And he doesn't like mm-hmm. that while he did not have control, he took the lives of two people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what sets up a lot of this conflict yeah. for Perrin. And Wait, Perrin is conflicted? <laughs> Hey. Well, it's about the and only then, conflict he can get into for most of the books. So, <laughs> anyway, so one of the things that you don't get from the TV show, uh, for definitely understandable reasons, this isn't really a criticism of the show. Uh, it's a it's a casualty of adaptation. Is it in the yes. books? Uh, Perrin had been slowly getting to know Hopper over time. Uh, yes. him and Egwene traveling with Elias and the rest of the Wolf Pack, and so. Uh, especially like even the the fandom wiki breakdown of it just says like, yeah, he showed up. He tried to help Perrin survive a skirmish of White Cloaks, and then he died. And you're just like, why did this affect Perrin so much? It's because Hopper was the one that Perrin was making uh, the most of a connection with, uh, whenever his wolf brother abilities were awakening, mm-hmm. and 
he finally got to a point where he was like kind of seeming okay and comfortable with his wolf brother powers. Yeah. And it's like the moment that happens, you lose a friend through a completely new sensation and, and a way of actively knowing it happens that you've never had to deal with before. And it's just like just this incredible flood of emotions because it's not just the feelings uh, that Hopper conveys whenever he's actively being killed, but it's also the rest of the pack's um, reactions to uh, to uh, Hopper being killed. Because it seems like when they're actively communicating, their their communication includes. It makes me think a lot of the water bond. It's just not always there, but when they are actively communicating, like. All of the emotions, all the sense, all the feelings uh, go through, and that's how they communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Perrin's finally starting to accept this part of him, and it, it throws him for an absolute loop for all the reasons that Josh just mentioned earlier. You know, like, I took the lives of people. I had no control. I don't even remember what happened. Um, and now he's, he once again, not only is he scared of violence, but now he's, again, scared of his wolf brotherness and what's happening um, scared that it's going to make him just this violent, bloodthirsty, mindless killer. Well, and it's interesting to me. One of the things that I've always thought was, was curious about that is let me be clear. The idea or, or the, the experience of being a wolf and the experience of being a human, I am sure, are very different. And Robert Jordan was definitely partially trying to communicate that as well with Perrin having lived for, you know, 17, 18 years, maybe even 20 years, depending on what adaptation and what wiki and what whatever you're looking at um, of being a human. And then he experiences all of these wolf sensations. But of course, we also know that wolves, at least minimum in the Wheel of Time universe, are not just these bloodthirsty assholes. They are incredibly nuanced and they are incredibly emotional and they are incredibly, you know, family driven and pack driven and all of these different things. And... While I absolutely appreciate that it is a different feeling than what Perrin knew. Elias, for example, gives us a roadmap of you can still be human to a certain extent and also be a wolf brother. But you gotta accept also your wolfy nature and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And of course, Perrin's like first experience with really getting into that wolf nature is during combat, which of course the wolves are going to be particularly sort of bloodthirsty, angry, combative, you know, all of those different things in a fight. And of course, Perrin because he's not actually that good at critical thinking when it comes right down to it, isn't like, okay, all right, all right. That was a particular moment in time. Not every moment is like that. I don't actually need to be worried about that all the time. I need to explore this better, learn it better, and figure out how to make these two halves one. Instead, he just goes, nope, fuck that. Never doing it again. I'm out. Y'all are messed up. I'm just being a human. Don't ever ask me again. And you're just like, 
again, I get it because that is scary. It is absolutely scary losing control, going into a blood rage, killing people when you don't feel like you were actually in control of yourself. I, I get it. I appreciate that. I am not trying to say don't be afraid at all. But it's definitely one of those moments where you're like, this is part of you now. Maybe you should learn a little bit more about it and actually figure out how it works rather than just being like, nope, cutting it off, done, we're out, we're not doing it ever again. And you're just like, oh, buddy. Which is a recurring theme in The Wheel of Time. It is, especially for Perrin, but yes. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about the consistency of Perrin's character, even though it drives me absolutely fucking insane. It is still consistent even if it's frustratingly consistent (laughs) well and then what we understand about wolves we understand that they have two lives one life Mm. lived on this plane and then another life lived in the wolf dream or in teleron riod and when perrin starts visiting the wolf dream who's there to welcome him (laughs) <laughs> welcome is a strong word I will. he just always shows up and goes Perrin you're here too strongly <laughs> you, are ter- you are here too strongly young bull no he doesn't always see that but it is a common theme <laughs> yeah well I think yes. he, he kind of first really shows up if I remember right when Perrin kind of like stumbles across a meeting with Forsaken oh yeah no 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 and Hopper's like Hopper guides him to that does he guide him to mm. it? Yeah. Hopper says, be silent. And Perrin puts his hands mm. on his hackles. And he guides him Hopper to the meeting between Landfair and Baalzaman, but not the not the meeting I'm talking about. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. He stumbled across mm. a meeting of Forsaken before then, and yes. Hopper saves his ass. Because yeah. the Forsaken mm. see him and are about to fucking murk his ass. And Hopper's like, Correct. you fool. You are Rawr! too strong. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Nani? Um, Young yeah. bull in Teleran Riyadh? Yeah, because he like he just snaps him out of the dream. Like he boots his ass straight out of the, yep. the, the world of dreams. Um get the fuck out. Um <laughs> Yeah, but no, like and so we spend most of the time, yeah, with with every time parent goes into the wolf dream. Very shortly after, Hopper shows up and is like, you're here too strong. And then, like, jumps and tries to bite for his jugular, which scares Perrin enough to hop the fuck out. Because I love how, like... Not uncommonly, yeah. I love yeah, how, yeah. Um, Unconsciously. Because there's one point... to control it. There's one point later on where, like, they're they're hunting together. And Perrin goes in for the kill on a white stag. And Hopper stops and he's like, no, if you kill them here, it is the final death. Mm-hmm. And then you think back to the times that Hopper, obviously he wasn't actually going to kill Perrin. We know that, or we assume that, pretty sure he wouldn't. But then, like, you got to sit there and be Perrin thinking about all the times that you were certain that Hopper was about to rip out your throat because he was lunging at you. And just being like, son of a bitch. He was one accidental bite away from sending me to the final death. <laughs> Right? Well, not the yep. final death, but... but... No, if well, you die in Teleran Riyadh, you which, die in Riyadh. Which is life. interesting, because that appears to indicate that uh, that at least some animals 
when they die, uh, get another life in Teleron Riyadh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, so far, the, we see the wolves, and there's a stag. I would assume there's probably. And then more. we also know that all horses go to Hawkwings, so. Heyo. Because they need horses to ride, so every horse becomes a hero of the horn, apparently. There's just a pool of horse souls. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think Hopper's got a very unique sort of role in the Wheel of Time. Not as a trainer, because we have plenty of trainers, we have plenty of teachers in the Wheel of Time, but the, the thing that makes him unique is that he's the only one who dies before he imparts his wisdom, before he imparts his knowledge. And for a long time, he even straight up says, no, I am not teaching you this. You are, it's too dangerous. You are too young. You can't do this. He spends a lot of time, and as Andrew was saying, he'll he'll snap his freaking jaws at his face and, and go for the jugular and say, I will kill you if you don't get out of here. And... Hopper eventually agrees begrudgingly to train Perrin and he like, like Hopper, to, Hopper, it's real interesting. We we almost get like a side by side training. Uh, it, well, wait, hold on. Well, we can do a side by side comparison. They don't happen at the same time, but we can do a side by side comparison of Perrin being trained in Teleron Riyadh by Hopper and Egwene being trained in Teleron Riyadh by the Dreamers, by the Isle Wise One Dreamers. And uh -huh. the lessons are almost the same. Um, I feel like the Wolves have a little bit more of a handle on it because they're a little bit more instinctual um, and they have better sort of mental reflexes. Whereas as a human, it takes years of sort of that, that, that sort of training. You have to, you have to train to get to the point where your mind is disciplined enough to not be walking around, tell around me, I'd be like, Oh shit, where are my pants? That's why in a dream you're just fine. And then you come in from recess and your pants aren't on and you run back outside to the playground and find your pants. You put your pants on and you come back into the class, but your pants aren't on again and everybody's laughing at you. And it's just, you wish you could wake up, but you can't because your pants are gone and it's embarrassing. What, what kind of fucking recess did you have in school? It was a dream. This man. is a very specific dream that Josh has had that multiple That someone times. might have had at some point. Makes me think of Team Force R2. Like, oh, sorry, can you please speak up? I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> Zero cent. But yeah. But yeah. Go ahead, Andrew. Oh. Um... But yeah, no, it's definitely similar because like the biggest thing for Hopper and for like Egwene whenever she's being taught uh, the world of dreams is the wise ones stress to her and Hopper stresses to Perrin, don't fucking come here without me to guide you. But the big difference is Hopper fucking lives there now. Well, kind of lives. You know, depends on your definition of live. He, he um, resides. Yeah. Holy the soul God. resides. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, the he's wolf just, rug he, he, really he ties Teleranrion together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so like that's th- it's reality for them now, and it's you know uh, presumably their their final stage of of life. Like, um, I would imagine at some point they can be they get respawned out uh, from from Teleron Riyadh to to repopulate the wolfdom they get reborn again unless they die the last death um but who knows if they actually die there or yeah they just have like a ridiculously long respawn counter <laughs> so yeah um but they also they the way they navigate teleron riad uh plays into their strengths heavily because they use their ability to communicate with other wolves over great distances, like through uh, through basically uh, telepathy, to take in zero in on the places they want to go, and then shift there. So it's almost in a way like uh, like how with gateways you tie one part of space time to another part of space time and make them converge, and then bam, you can step across into there. The wolves hone in with like scent, all all these kind of like scents and emotions and everything that's being sent across. Uh, it's kind of like telepathic communication hacks.exe because it's fucking overpowered um, and frequently shows its use, but I don't think ever shows like its actual ultimate versatility and how dangerous it actually could be. Um, because like most good stories, things being used to their absolute utmost uh, efficiency would probably end the story in three pages rather than six books. So you don't do that. Um, the, do Lord the, Lord of of the Lord of that. the Rings, if Marion Pippin had a gun. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's really cool training to watch. Um, but the other difference is like Hopper's training with Perrin is more hands-on. He's getting fucking OJT. He's like, oh, you want to become a crab fisherman? Well, get on the fucking boat and let's go. Welcome to the rice fields, asshole. Like, that's how Hopper trains. Whereas Amiss and the rest of the wise ones are like sitting there looking at Egwene like, we're going to teach you a theoretical knowledge and you're going to be careful with this. Which seems slightly surprising for the Aiel which I've always liked because it, it drives home how dangerous the world of dreams actually is. You know, it's almost like existing in a world of infinite possibilities is fucking dangerous where you can actually die. Well, and that's but what yeah, I'm You can do anything like you want, fortitude. including die. <laughs> and that's what I was if saying. you don't it concentrate is... hard enough. It is a little interesting though. Cause when it's fun, when it, it comes right down to it. I love the parallels also between the wolves and the Aiel. Because the, the wolves is are like... Isekai. There you go, wine. There's your anime reference. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. Go ahead. Uh, no, I love the idea that the wise ones are of the Aiel culture. And they feel like when you die in this life, you wake up from the dream. This was all a dream. And you go and actually live your real life or whatever you want to call it or whatever after you die in Randland or the Waste or whatever. The wolves know this to be true to a certain extent. They actually like 
they're like, yeah, when you die, you go to Teleranriot. Like, you go live the wolf dream until you come back and then you live a different life and whatnot. And so it's actually uh, a little bit living interesting. Life like, that. like, parents right? like, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. And, hopper, and like, all the wolves are just like, you think this is real life? Right? <laughs> you think that's air you're breathing right now? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> there is no spoon. There, there, yeah, there you go. I, but yeah, I know, do actually, I'm, I'm not sure I ever really realized the similarities between those two things. And again, both of them seem very worried to die in Teleranriad. Which is also a nice little parallel. Yeah. Now, the wolves are like, or Hopper at least, I should say, is definitely with his experiences with Perrin. Like, bruh, you're just gonna be, you're just gonna be here anyway. I know that you're going to do it and I'm just going to deal with that. And I've got to teach you because I don't want you running around blind. Whereas the wise ones are like, Hey motherfucker, don't do this. Don't, <laughs> don't do this. Don't do it. And if we catch you doing it, you're going to be in trouble with us. And if we don't catch you doing it and you get in trouble anyway, we're going to know. And then you're going to be in trouble anyway. And you're just like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Well, love how, Hopper does this thing about, like, you gotta be fucking careful. You're fucking stupid, young bull. You're keep right? fucking up. By the way, these are humans' nightmares. They're incredibly dangerous. You can use them. <laughs> right? Oh, God. <laughs> so good. So good. It's like, okay. hey, radiation's dangerous. By the way, here's the demon core. Like, come on. Like, what the fuck? Just throw it at someone. They'll die. Don't worry. Yeah. You, wanna go, no, I... you wanna go play kickball with the demon core? <laughs> what what kills me is you know you you do get so Egwene and Perrin are two, are the two dreamers right yes Rand has some ability there he's supposed to be very talented and tell, he never they never really explore that with Egwene's Rand. a dreamer with a lowercase d in terms of Teleron Riad Egwene is sure cool yeah either way she's incredible compared to Perrin. The point, well, but it's that's just where I'm going with this. Way. This is where I'm going with this. <laughs> that's why they're running around, they're fighting their battles in real life and in Teleron Riyadh. Egwene sees Perrin and goes, "Are they fighting dreamers? You shouldn't be here, dumb dumb. I'm gonna tie you up and leave you right here. Do not move. It's dangerous." And ties him up, and she goes off to do her thing, and he's like, "Are you serious right now? That's..." That's comical. <laughs> the ropes melt away and he continues on his way. And then there's a that one point in time where they're talking again. She's super surprised that he got out of the ropes. And someone starts bumping up to him with some bale fire. And she's like, Perrin, look out! And he turns around and he just says, what? And it just like, Pss, dissolves. And he looks right back at Egwene like, Bitch, what? Why are you so afraid? <laughs> just to like, weave. Where and then he straight up says, How'd you do that? It's, it's just a weave, Egwene. And Egwene has this really awesome moment of self-reflection where she goes, Oh, damn. He's right. Like, like she has this moment of like, I have learned so much about this world, but I've never really embraced it. 
And so you've, you've got the teaching ability. And this is where I was going earlier with the wolves being sort of more instinctual and the wolves having sort of an advantage here because they're like, no, 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 no. This is the way this world is. I, Hopper the wolf, I can fly in this world. Why? Because I want it. And Perrin's like, but Air yeah, but how? On me. And he's like, it's the wolf dream. I can do whatever the fuck I want here. Well, and it's so, also interesting because I I like what you're sort of talking about, but I think there's an extra layer here, and I, I don't know if... I if, like your funny words, magic man. <laughs> one of the things that I always thought was interesting was uh, even the wise ones learn to channel first. Typically, or at least that seems to be what the case is. Yes. And so again, you're sort of running around with this is physics in the real world. Right. Now you're in Teleran Riyadh and physics are different, but they're not. But like we are still going to think of it as as close to the real world as we can. More like guidelines, really. <laughs> sort of except that the 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 wise ones look at you and go these are rules and the wolves come in and go those are guys respect your surrounding <laughs> <laughs> and so i actually that's one First of the things that i really like dream. about there that are no sort rules of, uh, that's right. actually one of the things that I appreciate about the disparity or the sort of parallel between the wolves and Egwene, or the wolves and dreamers, or the wolves and Aes Sedai dreamers, or the wolves and the wise ones, whatever you want to call it, is sort of the idea that the wolves go in there powerless, quote unquote, and they discover what Teleran Riata has available for them by looking at its source code and experimenting. The wise ones in the Aes Sedai go into Teleran Riyadh being like, we already have the source code for real life. We're going to use that in Teleran Riyadh without ever actually examining the source code in Teleran Riyadh and realizing that it's not the same. Oh, do you know what it's like? And I like that. It's like the difference between someone who knows the rules and someone who understands the rules. Exactly. I think that's a really great differentiation because you've got mm-hmm. you've got you've got the Aes Sedai and they are bottom tier. Okay, Egwene excluded. But the Aes Sedai, they are so new and up for the past 100,000 years, they've been so scared of exploration, experimentation that they've just been like, yeah, the world of dreams is some weird thing that exists over there, and we're not going to worry about it because we don't need it. And then, you've by the got... way, that was one hundred to a thousand years, not actually a hundred. No, 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 literally a hundred thousand. Okay. Then you've right. got. Then I'll say. Then I will say that you've got the Aiel wise ones, who actively explore Teleranriad. Right? They actively explore mm-hmm. Teleranriad. They, they, they spend time in it. They use it as a tool. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's kind of their, their shtick. That's kind of their thing. Then you've got the next level up of efficiency is the, the Heroes of the Horn. Those people who live in Teleron Riyadh full time 
until the wheel feels uh, that it is necessary for them to be spun out into until the wheel serves them with an eviction notice. <laughs> this is temporary eviction notice. How long? One lifetime. Shit. Yeah, we know your um, house is fine, but the rest of the area is burned down, and we want to buy the land for cheap, so you're being evicted. Wait, it's Teleranda. This is a temporary. This great. is a temporary eviction notice. Wait, how long? As long as you want. Someone blew the horn. And then, <laughs> or as long and as they blow. At the at the, the, the S tier. Or as long as you're getting blown, Arter. As long as you're getting blown. <laughs> That's that's good advice for anyone, really. Um, <laughs> and then S tier top users, primo users, and or patrons of Teleron Riyadh, however you want to look at it, are the wolves. They, you know, I know Landfear says that Teleron Riyadh is mine, but the top I don't subscribers think... on Patreon. They're Quendi R Ashaman. Quendi R Ashaman. I don't They've got the unlimited I, subscription package. The the only the only sort of well, bit of evidence that sort of mostly. contradicts this is the fact that wolves are unable to escape death in the wolf tree. Um, we do have confrontations with Slayer in the wolf dream where he kills numerous wolves. Correct. And it's like, if they are the top tier users of the Wolf Dream, how is it possible then that they should be killed? I mean, that's, that's super I, interesting because it's a final, re- it's finally a return for, for Perrin to deal with the exact same kind of situation that threw him into being too afraid to use violence and his wolf powers to begin with was somebody killing a wolf in front of him. Yes. And. Slayer makes a game of it essentially with Perrin um, in in Teleron Riyadh. Is once he realizes that Perrin will do things and act irrationally to some degree, he tried to save wolves and has some mo- emotional attachment to them. Then Sl- Slayer's like, "Cool, I'm gonna just start picking off your friends whenever I can't get you," and that is your mm-hmm. fault. Um, and of course, we find out later on um, that. After Ran has his Bodhisattva moment on Dragon Mount, and the wolves all howl and rejoice, and they they're like, "Yeah, and I'm like, yeah we oh, live, that, we cool. live, young bull. We get to fight we in go the last the hunt, great battle, the great hunt." Yeah. Um, you know, once that kind of moment hits, that Slayer's killing of the wolves ramps up, and it, and it serves a bigger purpose rather than Slayer just fucking with Perrin. He's still absolutely doing that. That is still his main reason for doing it. But now he has like an imperative to do it for the forces of the shadow. Because the dark one's like, yeah, um, I don't like the light doggies fighting against me. So if you could just get rid of them. Oh, and by the way, Slayer, if you kill them where you've been having fun, I never have to deal with them again. You know, until the creator does his namesake thing and makes more right like literally his only job now is to make more souls basically and hand avienda bowls of water through his avatar or bowls of soup it's not much but it's honest work so indeed 
But, yeah, I mean, I think Hopper's one of those characters that, like, um, you get the emotional bond from because you meet him in book one. And he per, he does so much with Perrin and teaches Perrin so much and is with him for so much that his death is uh, one of the more, at least for, uh, I think uh, for a lot of people, one of the more impactful ones at the end. Because, like, yeah, mm-hmm. did he die in book one? Absolutely. But we still get to hang out with him all the time. Uh, so it doesn't mm-hmm. really feel like he died. Like, he's, he died, but did he really? It doesn't really feel like it. Um, but... Uh, when he's finally killed by Slayer, then it's just like, this fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Place is, this well, place is a prison on planet bullshit. <laughs> and the galaxy well, you of know, this sucks, donkey dick. It's interesting, too, because you talk about we meet Hopper early on. We do. We get that sort of initial, oh, you're, you're, oh who's a good boy? Who's Gretch Hopper behind the ears? Oh, no, he's dead. And you feel bad. And you're like, son of a bitch. And you see how it weighs on Perrin. And Perrin just, he's really struggling, man. It's not cool. And then it's like two books later. its I think it's the Dragon Reborn before he goes back into the wolf dream. And you see Hopper. And you're like, oh, my God, Hopper's back. This is the greatest day ever. The goodest boy is back, and you just want to scrub your little ears again. And, and then he gets to fly, and you're so happy because not only is he still kind of alive, but he gets to fly. Hopper gets to live his lifelong dream and fly. And then Robert Jordan is a dick. And he takes it from us again. Only this time we have... Pages and pages and pages and pages of world building in the world of dreams, in the wolf dream. And we know that if you die in the wolf dream, if you're a wolf and you die in the wolf dream, it is a permanent death. Do we know that? We do know that. For the wolves. Because I was just going to say, as we... well, if we're to if we're to believe Robert Jordan and Maria, yeah. If we were to believe the Creator, yes, according to the fact checker, we're to believe the propaganda set forth from the author and one of his editors. <laughs> what happens That's when what they, is. when the wolves die is their souls are actually removed from the pattern. Hey, bro, I'm just saying unreliable narrator i feel like robert jordan is the ultimate unreliable narrator because he gave us all the other unreliable narrators just saying you're you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) robert jordan himself is like you know i don't know maybe it's like this maybe it's like that who knows he did frequently pull the fucking deep dragon ball z tricks with death oh no they're dead jk they're back. <laughs> also, okay. Oh no. Let me be clear about anyway. something. I know that this is a tangent. Let me let me be clear about that. And I appreciate that. And I'm going to go on it. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. Um But can we talk about the TV show for just a second? And by that I mean there are so many people online who are like, we don't like fake out deaths. And you're like, have you read these fucking books? 
The <sighs> number of fake out deaths in these books is very high. Like, yes, I get that the exact way that Nynaeve's happens in the books versus the TV show and, and the extended time between it and things like that. I get that it's different. I'm not saying that they're doing the exact same thing as in the books. Uh, and so shut up. If you've read the books, it's the exact same events. That's not what I'm saying. Forsaken are already scarier in the show than they are in the books already. For example, but also slit her throat. And then she's just like, blink. What? But like, again, the number of fake out deaths in the books is not small. So shut okay. the hell up, TV show I, book watcher or TV I show watcher book readers being like, gonna... stop it with the fake out deaths, Hollywood. You're making this book Hollywood. Like, there were so many of them in the Hold book. Hold on, though. Hold on. I'm going to come to their defense a little bit on this one. Not no, you're specifically not. with the Otherwise, I'm going to get come. slapped But down. in general. <laughs> Because there are too many movies and too many TV shows where someone dies and you're like, oh, that sucks. I didn't see that coming. Only to have them back in the next scene to be like, what happened? Ah, yes, I carefully concealed a jar of ketchup on my... Like, it's like, what? Yes, I was shot in the head with a 50 caliber pistol and all I got was amnesia. And and we do have an example. Well, not the most unbelievable right. thing from the Fast and Furious. I will say, I will say, no, that's literally what happens to Letty in like uh, Fast and Furious. Yes, and also yes! what happens to Wolverine. Yeah, gets, yeah. but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least he has like magical <laughs> yeah. healing yeah, yeah, yeah. powers. Yeah, like there's at least a kind of understandable reason for him. Letty just survives a straight dome shot with a fifty cal fucking handgun. That's fifty AE. That's a lot of power. And then we just shot next her in the movie, head, but just kidding. I just have uh-huh. amnesia. Everything else is absolutely fine. Uh, Bro, you don't I know have it's a movie, amnesia. I shouldn't you apply have this because this is also the same franchise that had runway as long as Russia. But right. also, get, okay, let me let me also throw out there. Let me be clear about one thing. I very much appreciate that Uno and Loyal have no. I get that. I appreciate that. I'm not saying that that isn't a continuity issue and they shouldn't actually address that more. I agree. I appreciate you. I am with you on that one. But (laughs) the other two that have been in the show, (laughs) shut the fuck up. Just kidding. Layla's alive. Oh, no, she's not, and that's fine. That's <laughs> Uno's that's alive. What? Oh, straight up until we until we find out that uh, Shaitan <laughs> intercepted her soul shortly after death, and uh, is going to make her come back as a major plot point for Perrin. Don't do that. Don't 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 do that to me, please. I didn't care about please Layla rate. to start off with. Please you think I'm going to care about her later in the series? Look, I've said it before, I I'll do say it now. again. They've done a really good job in season of two of actually making Layla matter. Both the conversation with Ingtar and also the conversation with Elias and the Wolves. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying it's the most eloquently done thing. But I actually really appreciated both of those conversations that are around that death. I hate that you said that because we anyway. have to agree on everything on this show, Daniel. No, we don't. Now you I cannot have to agree, to agree and be with wrong. You. 
No, I look. Hey, this is America. It's just you like that just gum pretend, job from you your neighbor that wanted you to set up shelves. You go into it optimistic, thinking it might pay off, and then whenever you're done, you're just sitting there in a pool of sweat and shame, being like, "I wish I never did that." And that's how I feel about Layla. And that's Dude. fine for you to feel, I guess. This is America. You can be wrong, but. <laughs> If this is what it means to be wrong, I don't want to be right. That's, that's right. Fair. There it is. I look, as far as Hopper is concerned in the show, um, he's so cute. He's also not a wolf. None of the fucking dogs that they're using are wolves. And it, like, makes me a little sad. But none of the dogs in the, the TV show are wolves. None of I them are big they enough. They're, no, they're clearly... They are clearly... Uh, bred wolf adjacent dogs, but they are dogs. They are not actually wolves. And granted, again, I mean, I get that that's a distinction that is hard to make. I appreciate that. I'm not trying to say like I am inherently right, but if you <laughs> but see wolves in the wild, wolves are way bigger than those dogs that they're using in the show, just for starters. Well, there is that. Yeah. That is true. Like an actual wolf, like the head. I'm a six foot tall yeah, guy. They're the head huge. comes up like to my solar plexus. Like they're big. yeah. But to also so be again, fair, it's a let lot me be harder clear. to train those to fake bite somebody in the throat. Exactly. Oh. No, and that's a hundred percent where I was about to go. Is I get why they're doing it in the show. I'm not even smaller mad wolves at it in the show. Or unintentional in a lot snuff of film. But like. They're not fucking wolves, but yeah. Hopper is also goddamn adorable. So I'm not actually that. Mad. Yes. Um. So I do like. Uh. So Hopper's final. I love how they say like final words. Uh, his final communication to Perrin is to seek boundless to help answer uh, the last of Perrin's questions. Mm-hmm. Of course, boundless being uh, Noam, who died in the real world as a human. Completely given over to his wolf brother uh, side, basically being a wolf stuck in a human body, uh, died and then joined the wolf dream as a wolf spirit. Um, that's right. There's another way part that of they how get the wolf, wolf spirits. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. that might be part of how it happens. Um, Maybe and, uh, that was like actually because... part of what the adaptation was. They started going ahead and grabbing human souls to become wolf brothers because the wolves were dying and they needed a, a new pool. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah, no, it could be. Um, but uh, I very much like this because uh, we kind of get this rounding out for Perrin. You know, it only took, you know, 14 books to do it. But finally get this rounding out for Perrin, um, which I don't expect any, anything with Perrin to happen fast other than, you know, regret and betrayal. Not of his fault, but, you know, plenty of people around him. Oh, I'm Looking pretty sure you. he comes pretty quickly with fight. Looking at you, Aram. The amount of cheering I did when Aram got knocked to the fucking ground. In Bro, Simone. for real. For I was like, real. you don't know it, but that's what you get. You don't know why, but that's what you get. <laughs> you will, yeah. but right now you don't know. But yeah, so he finally gets this thing where like he's had Hopper uh, to teach him all this stuff about like how wolves are. And he's had Elias to kind of teach him about the interaction with being uh, with the, being a wolf brother and interaction with the wolves as a human and kind of what it means for him. And 
until he really gets up with boundless he's only ever seen norm as like the ultimate negative consequence for being a wolf mm-hmm. brother in his mind um and it's finally whenever he kind of gets gets around boundless and kind of <coughs> understands who boundless is and figures this all out that he can finally like answer his own questions for himself about you know can i really half and half this world can i do this or whatever and he finally comes to the conclusion after 14 fucking books uh that this is part of me and it's no more or or no less than the human side of me doesn't even Mm -hmm. have master luhan being like you've always been so careful you've always held back even at the forge even walking around like you've always been so careful you've always held back now's the time to, to not loose. to, <laughs> to not to. Now, now's your time, my boy. Now's the time to go forth, my boy, and not to. But, and it is. It's like it's like that last sequence with him. Is is him finally, finally embracing who he is? Him finally, sort of. You know, he even he even forges Mahalanir. His, his, his power rot hammer, which is a, a, a lift of Mjolnir, which is the, yeah. the hammer of Thor. It's a plus he, two weapon that instills burning damage. On, on, on Shadowspawn. Yes. And he even has an outline of Hopper in the side of it. He has a leaping wolf mm-hmm. in the side of it. And it's like, you, you, you do all these things to try and pay homage to the wolves and you miss it entirely this entire time yes as a human you can't just completely and totally fucking wolf out and go nuts you can't because you're a human you've got to come back you never go full wolf body you can be like gnome if you want what do you mean you wolves what do you mean (laughs) you wolves but he's like it but at the final battle he finally finds what i think is the perfect get up that hill and <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> this is why Josh doesn't get to finish like thoughts. Also correct. <laughs> I, I, I fucking love that movie. I'm just a dude disguised as a wolf playing another, another dude. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, well if this is fake, then why haven't you broke character? Hey, I don't break character to credits roll on the DVD. <laughs> or this special edition roll on the DVD. <laughs> Stan said, I don't think Hopper was that cool of a character. You watch your mouth now. That wolf's a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that movie so appropriate with lines for Wheel of Time? Because it's got RDJ and Jack Black in it. I mean, that's... And Adam Sandler, dude. Not Adam Sandler. Ben Stiller. Why did I say Adam Sandler? Ben Stiller, yeah. I'm not a ben massive Stiller. Ben Stiller fan. So, I'm either, not either, but, but I... dude, when the man's funny, he's funny. When he's on, he's that's on. Fair. I can't even say, please gosh, don't hurt, 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 hurt me. Might finish my thought. That thought was Do gone really like 15 minutes me? ago. 
do oh, you really man. want oh, to God. make? No, look, okay, look, Hopper, Hopper is is the wise old teacher. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a jump in there. I'm gonna start wrapping it up. Hopper is the wise old teacher. Not only is he is the wise old teacher, but he's a damn good teacher. He taught Perrin how to be a wolf, not to not to act like a wolf, but to be a wolf. He was like Perrin. To become the wolf, you must be the wolf. And parents like, do not ever bring that French in here about. ever again. And Hopper's like, Perrin, it cannot be explained to you. It must just be done. You must just do it. I see what you're going for, but there's just not quite enough surrender in your. Hopper accent. is French. Yes. That's canonical. Uh, Hopper doesn't surrender, and, sir. You shut your uh, mouth. I'm not even sure Hopper has ever been to Kyrian, which is France. <laughs> He's a genius in France. Genius in France. Genius in France. No, Wolves in France? He is werewolf in London. He is a good teacher. He is. He's a great American teacher. werewolf he in London. He was more so making a... Um, what was it how Drake that made that song that I can't navigate. say the name of? He taught he taught a human how to navigate Teleran Riyadh in a uh, way that is unbeneficial to other humans. Jay Z, that is who made was that, that Jay Z and Kanye actually. <laughs> ah, fucking Kanye, that dude. Um, yes, I am fully aware, and I appreciate that. <laughs> we do not say the K word. Well, no, just kidding. That one, that one could have gone without mentioning for also reasons that could go without mentioning. <laughs> no, I just I, Hopper Hopper plays such a, he's he's so worthy of a background breakdown. I believe it is the first non-human background breakdown. No, we've done we did a background breakdown on on Someshta, right? It kind of we did a a topic on um, constructs and stuff. Yes. So is this the first specific um, background the, breakdown we've done on a non-human character? Did we do loyal? I believe that that we is technically loyal. correct. Sorry, yes. A non-humanoid character. It is not the first non-human character we've done. But it is the first non-humanoid non humanoid. Okay. Okay. Uh, Village We're Mattress never doing a Bella, do breakdown. a Bella breakdown. Bella's fucking dead. Uh, <laughs> she does not live. Y'all are fucked up if you Listen, think that Bella lives. You can't lives. do that because Tom. I have also a book approved in... by editors and Team Jordan with tons of sales that says you're wrong. I'm sure you do. Tom from Dragon Ride is also dies in bitch. <laughs> so. Maybe we can just get rid of that book altogether, and then Tom and Bella can both live. Um, Tom from you Dragon say Mom, that as though I'm going to not agree about that. Um. Anyway, no. I'm, I'm as you said Hopper earlier, plays... this is America. You are free to be wrong. That's right. Hopper Correct. plays a much and I am going to role. use that ability to the full extent of its. <laughs> You're gonna use this to the full extent of the law. You can kiss yeah. my ass. No, wait, the what? Look, no, That's Hopper is a deceptively important character. It is so easy to look at him and just be like, okay, cool, you're a wolf. You're a dead wolf. 
for like half the series and then you die cool whatever why do we care about hopper other than perrin loves him no 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 perrin received most if not all of his wolf dream training from hopper which is what equipped him to not only defeat slayer in the wolf dream but also to remove the dream spike or to place the dream spike into Shail Ghoul, the camp, the, 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 the cave at Shail Ghoul to protect Rand, uh, Alana, Avienda, and I think Moraine went in there as well, but right. to protect them from people just gatewaying in to just oh, kill them. Not Avienda. Alana Nynaeve, was there, but she didn't too. choose to go. Alana, Nynaeve, Moraine. Nynaeve, that, that's it. Yes. Um, Not Avienda. Did I say I didn't mean Avienda. You said Avienda, which is well, fine. I'm not telling you you mean, can't take it back. Alana was but... just hanging out. I know she didn't do much. Well, Alana was grabbed. She wasn't even just yeah. hanging out. She was kidnapped. But yeah. but the thing is, is that if she died, Rand loses control. Blah blah blah. So they 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 pre- Perrin was of. the one who protected that conflict from outside interference. And so it, it, we we have pieces in the last battle that we only won because Perrin became well-versed enough in Teleranriad due to Hopper's training that he won the respect of Lanfear. Lan- Lanfear only survived because things. Hopper died. <sighs> it wasn't enough, obviously, because Perrin oh. was compulsed into thinking he killed That's Lanfear. what I'm saying. Lanfear only survived because Hopper died. And if Hopper, Hopper is still, still alive, lived, he would have been like, there's some sussy shit going on. Here. He would have taught Perrin how to see through that shit 100%. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so, yeah, no, that's that's kind of my, my final thoughts on Hopper. Hopper was so much more important to the story. And I, I think that's... I think it's the reason we have the background breakdown is because these characters are so mm-hmm. important to the story. Robert Jordan does such Damn a straight. job of writing a collaborative story in which people must work together in order to make the thing happen. And if they do not work together, they fail. And Imagine writing 4 million words to a story encouraging people to work together only to write 3.5 million of them where they don't. Oh. Okay, but the realism. And so <laughs> Hopper is best boy. Hopper is the goodest boy. And um, that's all I have to say about that. And if you don't know, now you know, Mr. President. And that's it. <laughs> Andrew, what are your final thoughts on Hopper? Well, right now I'm wishing my, air, uh, my fucking earbud would stop cutting in and out. But at least it's that both of them, nice. so it's not those. Um, it's it's just like doing that like really weird spotty connection kind of thing, um, mm-hmm. whatever reason. Who knows? Who cares? Um, Hopper was a character I definitely like appreciated way more on my second read through. Um, first read through, like I definitely regarded him as far more of a plot device than I did um, as like an individual kind of character. Um, but that's that's kind of like. That's my own thing, because like growing up, like I I had like frequent pets, 
because mm. pets frequently like combination of died or got sold off by somebody that would give me a dog and then turn around and sell the dog. Um, so interesting. Um, continue. Yeah. So like by like <laughs> by the age of like fourteen or fifteen, like it became like hard for me to like develop attachments to animals, and that carries mm-hmm. over a bit into um into like uh, animal characters and in, in books and TV shows. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I still absolutely. That's not to say I don't like animals. I love animals and I love dogs, and I love my dogs that I had, and I love going and seeing at least one of them every time I visit my folks because they have my uh, my pocket pity who is doing well. Um, Yay! But um. I definitely appreciate a hopper in that. Continue. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to give it like a reason, because like on my second read through, like I think I realized just how relatable and uh, and how much you can connect with Hopper and just how important he is Mm -hmm. to the story on the second read through. And I I would like to think that I would have felt more that the first read through if I didn't have. the kind of like aversion to uh, emotional connection to animals that I do. Sure. Um, or at least did. Um, seems like that's definitely died down a lot. I hope so. I don't know. Hey, I don't know. We'll find out one day whenever I get another pet um, or before I get another pet. Let me be very clear about that. Make sure I can do the pet right before I get it because I'm responsible like that. Indeed. Um, <laughs> before somebody's like, yeah, you're a terrible pet owner. Yeah. 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 But I really like how they do uh, have one of those. <laughs> I really like how Hopper became a uh, mentor and trainer in a way that felt more like uh, a compadre rather than just a teacher. Didn't feel mm. like being instructed by Aes Sedai. Didn't feel like being uh, instructed by wise ones. It was like the guided tour at the world's like most dangerous museum. And at the end of the <laughs> tour, the guide fucking dies. Oh, um, the one uh, with Ben Stiller. Yeah. <laughs> fucking night of the museum. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're welcome. <laughs> Best part of those movies was uh, Robin Williams or that movie. Mm, he was only in the first. One. Or was he in the first and the second? He's in both, the first yeah. one. Oh, was he in both? I think he's in one and two. I don't think mm. he's in three. But uh, I think yeah, he's no, he's in both. Two. He's in one and two. Yeah. Good yeah. old Teddy. Um, but he was but, gone by the time they made the third one. I think. Yeah. Now um, we all. Have a but second. like Hopper, Hopper checks yeah, a lot well, of the little boxes like. You. Hopper gives us world building into how Wolf Brothers work from the Wolf side. He gives us world building into how Teleron Riyadh and the Wolf Dream works. Um, he gives us another reason to respect death as an actual consequence rather than treating it like Dragon Ball Z where it isn't a consequence because <laughs> I wish you were alive again. Uh, and you are. Um, or if you just bail fire hard enough, they're back alive. Um I think Hopper, honestly speaking, he's probably one of the most well-rounded, secondary slash high-end tertiary characters um, in the series um, with a very good mix of being uh, an entertaining character, a lovable character, and also uh, an incredible device for the plot as well. So um, I love Hopper. I do. Not as much as many other people, but... Love him. Fair enough. 
Yeah, uh, I I agree. Uh, Hopper is definitely the goodest boy. Uh, I also really, really appreciate in some ways the way that they have introduced him in the show. Because, again, while we are not by any stretch Amazon shills uh, and trying to say that everything in this show is correct, because it's not. It's not. Uh, there are a number of really good things going in the show at the same time. And uh, the vision that we got from Hopper to Perrin uh, communicating sort of who he was or what his name was or, you know, all of that different stuff is great. I actually really appreciated that. Um, and I really look forward to seeing what they do with uh, the character in the show. Um I definitely felt an immediate connection to Hopper from the beginning because I'm a huge dog fan. Almost in every case, especially when they're big dogs. Please don't put your dog in a purse. Please, for the fuck. Please don't put your dog in a purse. But if it's a big enough dog to not be put in a purse, I'm in. Great. And so Hopper was always one of my one of my boys. Um. So yeah, I'm. Uh, it shakes fan. just from atmospheric pressure, right? <laughs> if you have a Chihuahua that is fifty percent tremble and fifty percent rage, uh, do you actually have a dog or do you have a gremlin? I'm not sure. Anyway, you know what you have? Yeah, a fucking liability. Yep. Uh, but Hopper is good as boy. I also really liked a number of the other wolves, uh, but Hopper is definitely the one that we we experience the most, so he's probably the most of the good boys. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, there you go. Black Tower Podcast behind Hopper. He's dope. You're dope for listening. Uh... Everybody who's uh, listening right now to our background breakdown of Hopper, great job. Uh, everybody who's listening not live to our background breakdown of Hopper, y'all should be listening live and be a Patreon. Uh, and that's all Daniel has to say for this week. Boom, it's boom. true! Good boom, boom. Everything that Daniel just said was true. Completely and totally. You guys are the best for listening. You guys are the best for being here. Uh, the patrons who are listening live, you guys are the best. Er, oh, I said what I said. Statistically, the best. I said what I said, and I just wanted you guys to know we thank you for being here. Thank you for being awesome. Thank you for listening along. Thank you for getting to this point in the song. Do you know the song? No, I do not know the song. Then we travel on, and uh, thank you for joining us for this week. This this this. This week's dose of taint. And we hope that wherever you are, you are just a little bit more insane than you were when you first got here. Uh, because that's our mission. That's our that's our goal. That's our job. Uh, we want you to be insane. And uh, from all of us here at the Black Tower, I have been Josh. Cut of the Gathering Madness. Go blacktowerpod.com. Go right now. Right now. Yeah, do that. And don't forget, we do have a uh, hotel block. Um, if you're listening live for a, uh, for, for a few more days, if you're listening to this publicly, mm -hmm. you uh, probably missed it, I believe, because it ends on, what, the 17th? 29th. Something like that. 
29th. Okay, so you have a little bit over 29th. The last day. Okay, so if you're listening to this publicly on whatever day that is, a week and a half from the 12th. So yeah, you still got time. Um, You can still get the group rate for the Hyatt Hotel, which is literally, literally right across the street from Evermore Park, where we're going to be. Uh, get your rooms a little bit cheaper than just booking them on your own without the code. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stay stay tuned because we've been doing some planning. We've got some fun stuff we're going to announce um, in regards to the Gathering Madness. It's going to be a dope time. Uh, submit your drink recipes. Do all that kind of stuff. And if you don't know where any of that is, go ahead and send it. Uh, shoot us a message on Twitter. Shoot us an email. Hit us up on Discord. Uh, let us know what you need, and we are more than happy to help you out. Uh, but I have been your Bajan Mahale, Andrew. That fucking... And man. I have been your Amin Khan Mahale, Daniel. And from all of us here at the Black Tower Podcast, thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much for listening. We hope that you are having a super wonderful morning. And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon. Good evening. And you're here too strong, young bull.